I think we should talk about the time Dane said you were just like Pharaoh because you kept telling me to do so many chores. He's not wrong. Welcome to Christ in the Chaos, where a pastor's kid and a kids' ministry director talk about raising a Christ-centered family. We're not sure we know what we're doing, but we are right in the thick of it. And this is how we're finding Christ in the Chaos. Welcome back to Christ in the Chaos. I am Kathleen here with my husband, Joel. Joel. You have to let me say my name so they know what I sound like. Oh, got it. Gotcha. I think they're going to hear plenty of you. Ouch. Um, And today we are talking about how we divide labor up in our household, not making baby labor. Or doing the intro. I was going to (laughs) say, like when we did the intro and you didn't let me do my part. Right. Um, But how we divide particularly our work, like bringing home the bacon type work, childcare and housework. Um, Paid versus unpaid labor. And also how the issues that arise out of the division of labor in a household. Um, but before we get and to how that. it's unfair that I do more of it. <laughs> no. Um, but before we get to that, we'll ask uh, the lazier spouse exactly how he's doing with our family check-in. So this is our weekly family check-in. It's where I check in with my wife and she checks in with me. And you find your family member, your spouse, your significant other, Whomever you need Your to check in. Your great aunt Tilly. Whoever is responsible for you, check in with them. See how they're doing. Tell them how you're doing. Make sure everything's okay. I'm doing fine. I'm doing great, actually. I wonder how many times you said, I'm doing fine, as the first line of your family check-in. I'm not allowed to complain. I'm fine. It's fine. We're all fine. <laughs> We're all fine here. It's a dumb conversation anyways. Uh, that's a Star Wars joke for all you Star Wars geeks who listen to our podcast. No, go on. Not a big overlap. I'm great, actually. It's hot as heck here in California. It's not that bad right now. It was a bad weekend. In this moment, it is not that bad. But our podcast studio is warmer than I'd like it to be. Yeah, we didn't give it enough AC lead time. Also, last night when I was laying in bed, a spider walked across oh the bed right in gosh, front of my face. the spider. And it was bad. And honestly, I'm still a little nervous about going. I did not like it. <laughs> I'm not like afraid of spiders, but it did freak me right out. Other than that, I'm great. How are you? I know I always say I'm exhausted. Because you're always exhausted? I feel like there's something wrong with me. Um, They say that you don't get back to normal sleep patterns until your kids, your youngest kid is six. Well, okay. But regardless, I have felt way better than this for extended periods of time while having the kids. Basically, since we finished camp, I've been sleeping fine. Like I I have sometimes like a lot of insomnia, but I haven't been sleeping badly. Um, But I wake up every morning exhausted and like I want to hit the snooze button and I am not a snooze button person. I am a jump out of bed and get my day started person. Um, And it affects my personal study. It affects my time to myself. It affects how I feel for the rest of the day. I can just barely make it through each day right now. And there's no real explanation of why I'm so excited or so exhausted. You know what it probably is. You're doing too much work. I'm always doing too much work. Nothing is different. In fact, I'm less stressed now. You really missed my great segue into our topic today. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) Segue. So for today's topic, we are talking about how we divide labor up in the household um, between our work, our childcare, and our housework. So to get started, the first thing I wanted to do is share how it is 
actually divided up. I wrote down <laughs> what I thought the division was, but it is also open for interpretation or debate. Um, <laughs> you, I mean, you could bring up another point if you wanted to. Um, for work. Oh, thank you. Um, I work 25 hours a week and Joel works 40. Um, with commute, that becomes more uneven because I work much closer to home than he does. So I put that mine is more like 26 hours a week mm. with commute and yours is more like 48. I actually commute. work about 45 hours or 43 hours a week with lunches and stuff. Yeah, but yes. Um, that being said, as commute does take your time away from the family and the house, um, I happen to love driving in the car and love listening to podcasts and relaxing. <laughs> so I like don't, while I appreciate that you are physically gone and that that is not your choice at the same time, I, I wouldn't, it wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind a commute myself. Um, but it should kind of sort of count, um, for childcare. Um, obviously whenever we're both here, we're both here and we divide that the way we divide it. But in terms of, <laughs> we divide that, however that's divided. <laughs> we'll talk a little bit more about what that, what that practically looks like when we're both together. Um, but for childcare with like where we are the solo parent child providing childcare, there's 25 hours a week where I am alone with the kids without Joel. And there are between like three and seven um, for Joel that he is alone with the kids during the week. Um, and then housework, it's hard to break it down by hour, but I do the picking up of the house. Exclu these are almost exclusively held jobs. We don't share any of these really. Yeah. I mean, I'll every once in a while do the dishes, but it's predominantly you. So I'm responsible for picking up the house. I do all the cleaning. I do virtually all the cooking. I take care of everything outside the house. Like anything that has to do with bugs or the lawn or plants or sprinklers, etc. I do all the dishes and all the sweeping up of the house. I fix things, I guess. Yes. Um, I fold and put away all of the laundry. I actually clean the laundry, which is the important part. <laughs> There's a theme here. Um, I make the beds every single day. I don't care about that. But you do. But I, I do take out the trash yeah. because I care about that. <laughs> I didn't realize it really does go along the lines of, of neatness you, and cleanliness. That is like, like to our, keep the house neat. I like to keep the house functional so we can survive. <laughs> that being said, we also do have a once a month housekeeper, um, which she comes basically to make sure that the bathrooms are really clean once a month. Joel yeah, does the in-betweeny work. Corners and, like, and things we don't get. Newsflash, if you come to our house before for a party or something, Joel is the one who cleaned the bathroom right before you came over. So if you have any judgment about that, you can blame that on him. But I also appreciate the fact that he does it. It just, you like things picked up. You don't care if they're dirty. It's not that I don't care. It's just that I don't prioritize that. Um, we also uh, split up the a couple of different tasks with regard to childcare. Um, obviously I do a lot of things very specifically to having the kids during you the day. You do all the breastfeeding. Yeah, I did all the breastfeeding myself. And to be fair. Well, that's actually not true. I did once. Dane mistook <laughs> and he got a, he got a pretty solid bite. It hurt a lot. Um, yeah. Welcome to my world. But on that note, some couples do a uh, share off of night feeding and I think relevant to this conversation, you did not do that. And you never, and, and it was a conscious decision of ours that you never woke yes. up with the kids. I volunteered to, but you, and that's not true. I took Friday nights and Saturday nights. Well, I, once, the, once Levi was about 18 months yeah. old, 
Um, so because you work so Sundays FYI, that's like three and a half years into having kids. Some of the to- Joel uh, Joel tasks with regard to the kids is Joel always brushes the kids' teeth. Um, I can't stand it. Um, Joel always puts on the kids' PJs and um, dresses them whenever he's available because I really, really don't like dressing the kids. <laughs> I <laughs> those are two things, that, and that and bathing. I bathe the kids. Yep, every you, night. I'm sorry, you bathe them. Yes, that you like refuse to do and i don't understand why like, it's just not fun can't. but it's like the it's not the worst thing you do i can't handle their wiggly bodies like when i'm trying to <laughs> i just it drives me nuts and now like dane can dress himself and it's like it's been like a year since i've been able to like put clothes in front of him and say get dressed and i still every time i do it get a little rush of excitement that i don't have to dress him i hate dressing the kids that being said i especially since we moved them into the same room, do the bedtime routine exclusively on my own. It's a pain, but it's also totally by choice. Yeah, you insist and you love it. I do love it, but I also... And you drag it out. Yeah, I do drag it out. (laughs) We have, we do our devotional, our praise prayer, our special hug time prayer, and then um, we do a countdown and then we read 10 to 15 minutes of Harry Potter and then I sit in there while they fall asleep. So it's like a... It's like a 30 minute deal. Um, but it's like, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel irreplaceable in that. <laughs> and you are. And that's our thing. So that's how we divide the labor. And is it even? I don't know. I would say, actually, it is as even as it has ever been in our marriage. I actually feel very, well, let me ask you that. Do you feel good about where it is right now? I'm glad you feel good because. The first issue that you can get with division of labor is you can run into some, even if it's perfectly evenly split, you can run into some serious resentment issues because everyone feels like they're the one who's doing more work. No matter what's going on. Really, Joel? Did you really feel like you were doing more work when I was nursing the kids? Yes. Oh, my goodness. I had to put up with you complaining about nursing the kids. (laughs) Everyone always feels like they do the hard stuff. Not true. Nope. I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, except I, for in that specific instance yep. where you were clearly doing more. In dealing with the resentment, we're going to look to Hebrews 12, uh, 14 through 15. Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God and that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble and by it many become defiled. Like what is that root of bitterness? Oh, we all know it. <laughs> Yeah. We all know that feeling when you're like scrubbing cheese off of a dish and you're like, why didn't he just rinse it when he put it in the sink? And you're doing your like scary voice. Oh, that's, that's the root of that's the root of bitterness. It's thinking that there is something that is your job and something that is their job. And then suddenly you're not doing a job. You're doing their job and they are not doing their job. And so they have failed you. So I feel like maybe that's what your thing is. Mine, if my job becomes harder than it usually is, I will come up with a way of blaming it on you. Boy, won't you. Because it feels better than just having a hard day. Um, I don't know what that is. That's just human. It's nice to have someone to blame. It's hard to blame the wind. So, yeah, I mean, it's like, well, I'm the one that decided to make macaroni and cheese 
and neither one of us rinsed all of the dishes when we, you know, it was just like, who's scrubbing the cheese off the dish? I cooked it. Why isn't he cleaning it? Yeah. It's like, well, yeah. it's not, our, that's not how, it's just that, that nastiness. That, that's exactly what it is. It's that root of bitterness in your heart that makes you want to blame it on somebody else. I think the best marriage advice I ever got was don't think of marriage as a partnership. Don't think of it as 50-50 because it's not. It's 100-0 always. And as long as both people view it that way, then it's always going to be, you'll never have that bitterness because you won't say, why am I scrubbing the cheese? I mean, you'll probably sneak in there every once in a while, but yes. Yes. You won't you know, say, why am I scrubbing the cheese? But I will say, oh, she's scrubbing the cheese. She's doing my job for me. How kind of her. And then when I do take out the trash, you won't say, well, of course he's taking out the trash. That's his job. You will think, oh, he's doing my job. How kind of him. And I won't think, well, how come I have to do this? I'll think, oh, this is my job. Of course I will I'm doing say it. when we both get into bed on Thursday night and <laughs> you're like, oh, I forgot to take out the trash. Not a single bone in my body gets up and is like, well, that's my job. I'm like, oh, that sucks, buddy. Go get it. Right. Hopefully, though, you're thinking, oh, that's nice that he jumped up and did that and didn't ask me to help. Yep. He didn't say, I hey, can you that. get the kitchen while I get the bed bathroom? I promise I do think that. So dealing with that root of bitterness, one of the things is just reality. And we, we touched on this a little bit earlier with nursing is that in every marriage and not just once, but in multiple times, there will come a time when one spouse is carrying a way heavier load for reasons that are outside the control of both spouses. Mm -hmm. For instance, if you have a kid who's born prematurely and only one of you can go breastfeed that kid in the NICU. Or if one of you is unemployed for an extended period of time. And mm -hmm. the reality is that I think it is important to communicate in a loving way with each other about the unequalness. Um, I think it's more important to communicate with each other in a verbal way. Yes, I'm Than sorry. in a loving way. Well, yes. A loving is important too. But I think, and we have this problem, I don't think we're the only ones, where you will... I'll huff. You'll get mad at me <sighs> and I'll be like, what? And you're like, <laughs> why didn't you do this thing? That in my mind, I was going to ask you to do, but I never actually asked you to do out loud. But the important thing is being ready for life to change and reevaluating who's doing what, when and how kind of on a regular basis. I think that I've seen a lot of our peers um, struggle with this and we have struggled. I think we struggled with this, too, but less so because I was so desperate for help um, where you get into the rut where the nursing mom is carrying so much of the load. And then it's like, you almost forget when the kid grows out of nursing or when the kid no longer needs mom for something, or when it no longer makes sense for that burden to just fall on mm -hmm. one parent, that you can take a step back and reallocate how things are going. I think with our kids before they were in the same room, we switched who did which kid's bedtime every few months based on like, what was working for our family at that time. Yeah. And one kid was always more burdensome than the other. Um, but And they both wanted you. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think this happens a lot with, especially after kids are born, especially if the mom stays home for a while with, or the dad. But in my, my world, I guess the people, the examples I'm thinking of, it was always the mom. And then so that spouse staying home takes on a greater share of the house work, the house chores, the organization, the bills, the cleaning, the dishes, et cetera. Oh, we and forgot then, to say you do all the 
You do the bills. I do do the bills. Mm -hmm. That does take five minutes a week. But then when that spouse goes back to work when the kids are older or whatever, that it, it's really hard to break out of that pattern and go, oh, now the spouse is not only doing all of the house stuff, but now they're also doing that and working just like I am. So now I need to pick up more house stuff, which is hard because you're like, oh, now I have to do more work. Yeah. Like that stinks. It's like, well, yeah, but they're now doing. Yeah, I mean, you just work. have to constantly be. I like it's kind of petty in a way to like write out what we're doing. But at the same time, it really helps us see like what the division mm -hmm. is. And it's like if you're my guess is if your decision, your division of labor is really out of whack, that 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 is something other than knowledge that is the issue that one spouse is allowing it to be out of whack and knows what's going on. And that brings us to the next point of don't suffer in silence, wife. But it's so satisfying <laughs> to be angry at you instead of just telling you what I'd like you to do. Bring it up in love. Bring it up in patience and kindness and the understanding that your spouse probably isn't doing what they're doing to hurt you. But bring it up. No, I'm, and one of the things I think that that is the root of this for so many people, and I'm going to guess... I'm not going to say so many women, but so many people who are the primary at-home person, we happen to have an uh, unequal division of professional working hours. So I am certainly the primary at-home person in our family, is that I know way better than you what needs to be done. But what I really want is for you to take enough responsibility for what is going on in the home that you know what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, it's my priorities. I'm managing the home stuff. Um, I hate to be like your manager and be like, I need you to do yeah. the following four tasks while I put the kids to sleep. But the reality is the end result of that is so much better and requiring you to take on half of the household mental load. is like, a, it's, it's a poor use of resources. Yeah. Because you're, that, with that's the true kids. for every family. Yeah. Even if you were just with the kids a little bit more and you're with the kids a lot more, but even if it was just a little bit, you'd have that, little bit more information like if you take them to the doctor's appointment you're the one who talked to the doctor and that just snowballs for the information you have and it makes it much harder for me to catch up but it's not even really about the kids it's about like well i know in the morning that i'm gonna make breakfast and that i'm gonna need a certain type of plate and a certain type of whatever and i know that the dishwasher or that there's a bunch of rinsed but not washed dishes in the dishwasher and that if they don't get into the dishwasher and the dishwasher doesn't get run tonight that I'm going to be scrambling for what I need tomorrow for the next day. And it snowballs, right? Like, and so I know all that. And so I know that every night I want the dishes cleared out and I want everything put away or whatever. And I know why. And you don't because mm -hmm. you're not there at nine o'clock the next morning or eight 30 the next morning. So it's like, okay, fine. Just tell them what to do so that you are prepared for the next morning. And you don't it comes have down to what do you want? Do you want to solve the problem? Do you want to have a functioning relationship or do you want to be right and mad? Um, you can be righteous and mad. Go for it. It won't help. It won't solve the problem in the short term in that you won't get the dishes there you need. There may be some things that it's right to be righteous and mad about, but the vast majority of things, yeah. it's not. Yeah, it won't help in the short term and it won't help in the long term in that it won't eventually become not a problem. Being a silent martyr is a great hobby for some people. It's a lot of fun, apparently. No, but, but it doesn't. 
you're all not, it does is make you mad. You're not being a martyr. You're not suffering for the other person. You're suffering for your own like like sick benefit. <laughs> That's what it is. You're not yeah. suffering. If you were if you were working on behalf of somebody else, if you were stressed or if you needed me to do something and I had to take on more of my share of the load than usual because I wanted to help you, that is godly. But if I'm going to suffer in silence and be resentful um, because you're not carrying your share and I'm not communicating that to you in a godly way, then um, then that's for me. That's out of some mm-hmm. sick, perverse thing that I want for myself and not for the benefit of our family. The third idea we have with regard to uh, reducing the resentment and that root of bitterness is to work smart and not hard. That is, for me, that is the, I don't want to put the kids' clothes on. Um, it's a small thing. It doesn't take Joel very much time. But because it is something that I really don't like doing, um, when he helps in that way, even if he doesn't have 20 minutes to help, but if I don't have to put the kids' clothes on, it's like, whew, I feel supported. <laughs> okay, this is just it getting is into a weird thing now. sometimes, though, when, and this goes back to don't suffer in silence, when I'll have something specific I need to do in the night and I'll be like, okay, well, why don't I go do that now? Like 20 minutes before bedtime. I'm like, I'll go do it now and then I can get it done. You go, no, you need to stay here for 20 minutes so you can put the kids' pajamas on. But it does go back to what you were saying about- it's also a bit about being together during that time too. Don't ruin my joke. Going back to what you were saying about making efficient decisions about who's doing what labor, who has what information. And so making that call instead of expecting your spouse to do it. I mean, these all really tie together about changing and communicating and being smart about who does what. Yeah. And who has what talents and who has what desire, you know, you don't like doing the clothes. I don't mind the clothes. And I love folding the clothes. I hate folding clothes. Oh man, I hate folding clothes. And I could fold clothes all day with a podcast in my ears, especially yeah. especially boy- Christ in the chaos. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The next issue, and this, honestly, this may be a personal thing, but I have some anxiety about the outward appearance of the division of labor in our family. I want someone to know how hard I work. And the reality is that most of my hard work is invisible to every other human being, even you. When I have those 25 hours where it's me and the kids, I try to make them magic and I try to read a lot and I try to teach a lot and I try to talk a lot and I try to engage a lot. And it's a lot of work to choose to do those things over and over again, instead of sitting on the couch and vegging out in front of the Mm -hmm. 15th episode of house hunters. And I really, really try to do that. And no human sees that. And, um, I think that a lot of the resentment that I've observed in other families and, and a lot of the resentment that I hold has to do with feeling um not seen and not and that the work I've it's not appreciated it's that nobody even knows um because you can say I really appreciate all the work you do but you don't know all the work I do you could say it a thousand times and like I even thinking of my own family like I know how many times we told my mom that we appreciated her but the issue is not that she wasn't that nobody was telling her she was appreciated it's just the reality Mm -hmm. in her mind and it is a true reality that no other human knows what she was doing. But the other reality is that God knows what I'm doing. God watches everything. God knows every time I sacrifice for my kids. God knows every hard moment. And every time I 
was patient. And every time I gave of myself, he sees it. And I remind myself that out loud when I have, when I, oh, when you sit down for lunch and you like, your butt hits the couch and then mama, can I, and I'm just like, nobody knows how many times I have had to get up the second I sit down to eat when nobody else is in the house, but God knows every moment of it. And I can live in that peace and I am not going to build up resentment that nobody else sees it because I know God sees it. I know that God knows me and God knows my heart for my kids. The hardest thing is that you do everything wrong. (laughs) I do nothing wrong. You do everything slowly. It literally, I can time, I often do time myself unloading the dishwasher and it takes me under three minutes. If I ask you to unload the dishwasher, First of all, you leave 70 dishes sitting on our, our, our counter to dry for four and a half days. And second, it takes you more than 20 minutes to unload the like. It's not 20 minutes. But when you it's unload the dishwasher. Unbelievable. How plastic I'm- cups that are full of water get squished <laughs> together and shoved in the cabinet. But we need to give each other grace. Mm. When your spouse loads the dishwasher wrong because she doesn't understand how they work. Or when your spouse puts the plates back in the wrong spot because he's not paying attention or dries the cups before he puts them in the cabinet, whatever horrible thing they do, we need to be forgiving. We need to remember that we are all in this 100% together. Let's look at Colossians 3, 12 through 13. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one complaint, if one has a complaint against the other, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And that is when we are sharing a job and like in the bigger picture of, of being God's people, we are sharing a job when we're doing the small version in our own homes and the person is not doing it exactly the way you want to do it. Um, we are not called to just sit there and point the finger um, and tell them what they're doing wrong. We're supposed to come at it with kindness and humility and meekness and patience and forgive the other person um, mm-hmm. the way God forgave us. Yeah. And this is, it's its the bottom line of working together on something is that when somebody is doing something differently than you, um, how you approach it is how the gospel plays out in our everyday lives. Yeah. When telling us how to be a good spouse, the Bible says, love your wife the way Christ loved the church and give yourself up for her. It doesn't say do half of the chores. It says get up on the cross and die for her. And so you need to be a little forgiving at the least. The hardest thing about this is not when Joel takes 45 minutes to do the dishes, um, but when you have a disagreement on parenting. It's so hard to watch your par- your co-parent parent in a way you disagree with. And you can always talk about it afterwards. But the reality is you're not going to come to agreement on every single thing. No. And we have decided that the reality of co-parenting is more important than always getting our way with how the kids are mm-hmm. dealt with. And that includes, I mean, that's hard, a little harder on my part because I have them for so much and I feel like I have so much more context than you do but i can either so much smarter obviously that too um but i can either choose to co-parent with you or i can choose that kind of 
management style that we talked about with housework. And I choose to co-parent even when it drives me absolutely up the wall um, because you're absolutely doing the wrong thing, in my opinion. I, <laughs> it's just laughing at me, but it's, it comes up a lot. The good news is, is we are no longer in this alone. We're not splitting everything 50-50. We're splitting it 25-25-25. Not quite. No. The kids are kind of doing chores. We're splitting it 49-49, one and one. But Not really, because everything they do creates more work than if they didn't. I do think it's important to start pretty young that as part of the family... We all pitch in. We all contribute to We all contribute as much as we can to the family when the family needs us to contribute. And so we do have our kids do some chores. We have them. They clean up their toys and they do a good job. Mm -hmm. They have been well trained by their mother. (laughs) Uh, Dane feeds and gives water to the dog um, almost every time. Ish. He uh, pours all the the food (laughs) everywhere, but he really tries. Um, Levi has become interested in helping sorting the laundry. Um, which has been terrible for me because, as I said earlier, my favorite part of sorting the laundry is being by myself and actually sorting it. No, which he he's not... he does. Okay, Dane was there the other day doing it with him, and Dane's not good at it. But Levi knows which clothes are his because Levi pays attention. Dane doesn't know what he wears. <laughs> he's not a fashionista. Um, so Levi's good at at sorting the laundry. Um, basically, I give them the the laundry basket of their two clothes and ask them to put them in the piles um, so that each kid has their own stuff. Mainly right now, besides setting the value that they're contributing to the family, we're also teaching them life skills. Like you have to take care of your house. Mm -hmm. And really that has started with when you walk in the door, you don't, I mean, I wish I could teach this to you, but I have yet to be able to do it. You don't just leave your shoes in the middle of the living room. There's a place that the shoes go and you always put the shoes back. Um, You don't just leave things on counters. Dad, you need to put your shoes back in the closet. But yes, he did. (laughs) He is well trained yeah. by his mother it instilling those things of you if you have yeah. trash you put it in the trash yes. you put your plate up at the sink they can't do dishes yet um i know some people have them start at dane's age but i don't trust dane at all um and it would be way more work for me i'm like i can give him other tasks let's put it yes. that way i let them play around with the broom and stuff so um they're they're on the front end of contributing we don't have a lot to say about chores because our kids are so young but other than, yeah, it's important to teach them that being part of a family means contributing to that family in whatever way you can. So that is how we uh, distribute our labor in this house. And really what it comes down to is having a really open line of communication. Communication instead of resentment. Forgiveness instead of resentment. Don't let bitterness build. And if you feel it, have it be the thing that is the red flag to you that you need to have a conversation or change something about the way you are working work in your home. Okay, let's get to everyone's favorite part of the show. So that came up. So a couple of months ago, actually, I bought the boys a book called Henry's Freedom Box and did not read it before I bought it. It's a pretty cover. I would have bought it anyway, though even the cover is very, very somber. In case you haven't read it, it's the story of a young slave who grows up, gets married to a slave of another master. His wife and children are sold and he's separated from them 
And then he decides to mail himself to Philadelphia and like almost dies in the process. And um, and they they don't really they don't pull a single punch. And you skip the part where when he is a boy, he gets he thinks the master is going to free him, and the master sells him to his son who beats him. And And it's like that point, our youngest. The, little, the three-year-old. The, the three-year-old. Yeah, crawls across the couch from you to me and says, don't read the part where they take him away from his mom. <laughs> and like hugged me. And I had to be like, Levi, daddy will never leave you. It's okay. But man, um, I think it's important. We've talked about the civil rights movement. They know about slavery in the context of the Israelites in Egypt. You are quite the pharaoh. Um. I I think a five five year old is appropriate to introduce the concept of the Atlantic slave trade, um, though I have in constant fear of what things will come out of his mouth when he just gets like one book like that and conversation like you, you can't you can't teach it fast enough to to avoid all awkward situations. But I still think it's important to teach them about what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a he has a pretty good understanding of the civil rights movement um, because we have the book Martin's Big Words. It's a really great book. And um, that really very simply explained what happened. But but man, it, part of me is like introducing the Atlantic stra- slave trade to a five and three year old is really rough. And part of me is like not as rough as being in it at five and three and that they are owed um, us teaching our kids that history and being real with our kids about it. Because the reality is, if I protect my kids from that truth now. Um, I'm putting their well-being above the well-being of black kids mm-hmm. that they're going to come into contact with and black people that they're going to come into contact with. And it is hard, but it is worth doing. Okay. You want to press out? Sure. Lord, help us to um, communicate with each other, to not be martyrs for our own silent benefit, not to build... Um, resentment or to grow the root of bitterness, but to um, come to each other with humility and meekness and kindness and love and divide the tasks that we have to do on an everyday basis between our family in a way that helps us to grow um, as people closer to you and closer to each other. And when um, our partners and when our family members don't do things um, exactly how we want, help us to let go of the control, help us to grow in them um, helpfulness and love for their family and con- contribution to their family and help us to have grace for the things that are different than the way we we expect them. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Please take a second to rate and subscribe to this podcast. It helps others to find us and to be hashtag blessed by the discussions that we have here. If you want to contact us, you can reach us on Instagram at Christ in the Chaos, or you can email us at Christ in the Chaos Pod at email.com. Until next week, we hope you have a peaceful week, but even if you don't, remember that you can find us and Jesus waiting for you in the chaos.